So, you know, two and three weeks ago, we were talking about Israel. And then uh, last week, we talked about, we had John Paul Jackson, and he talked about uh, the difference between power and authority, and also the difference between healing and miracles, which was very enlightening. And so, get the CD of that, and and that that is that is something definitely to meditate on and to learn from. Hallelujah! I want to talk tonight. I believe the Holy Ghost wants this brought forth uh, about what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit, and we'll talk some about being filled with the Spirit. Talk some about staying filled with the Spirit, and then but. It's not going to be that long tonight, hopefully. I don't, I mean, I'm, because we're, we're going to go and have a fellowship time, and that's good too. So uh, in Acts 1.8, it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So Jesus, this is red letter, but ye shall receive power after that, that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And we even heard him say last week that that was the word dunamis. So ye shall receive power after that, that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, uh, this was, uh, if you look back up, you will see that Jesus was, and I think it's in verse uh Three, that it says that Jesus, after he was resurrected, you know, he's resurrected from the dead and he appeared to them. He appeared to them, or some of them, and he appeared to the disciples. And then he uh, would not, remember, he wouldn't let uh, Mary touch him because he said, uh, what did he say? Right. He had not ascended yet. And so he ascended. Uh, he ascended and uh, did what he did up there, but then he was on he was on the earth. It says here uh, for forty days, forty days, and during that forty days, he taught them. Uh, he gave them commandments. Uh, he was with them for forty days, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, is what it says. And so a lot of things that they didn't understand before the resurrection, now they're understanding. And probably one of the things they didn't understand was Mark chapter 16. We know in Mark chapter 16, he had told them of the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and he that believeth and is baptized will be saved, and he that believeth not will be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, in my name will they cast out demons. And then the second thing, which they had seen before, they totally understood what he was talking about in casting out demons. But the second thing he said was that they will speak with new tongues. And they probably didn't have a clue what that was meant or how they that was going to happen or when it was going to happen. But then he gives them this instructions to go and uh, to, to tarry in Jerusalem, he said in verse... Um, Four, and then he tells them to, to they should at that time they would receive power uh, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So they're expecting something, and they probably thought, well, maybe you know that's going to be when we uh, that speaking in tongues things is going to be explained or revealed. So I go into Acts two, verse two, just across the page, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven because they're in the upper room and they're waiting. 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house there they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it goes on down and uh, talks about that the different people that were there, and it talks in verse six about. They, every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans. So uh, here we're uh, seeing these, and then uh, Ephesians 5.18, we'll go, over there, go ahead and go over there, and then we'll come back and talk about some of this for a minute. Ephesians 5.18, Paul uh, now tells them to understand what the will of the Lord is in verse 17 and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord so be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit or uh, be uh, filled uh, be being filled one version says speaking to yourselves um, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So um, one thing we know for sure, to, to stay full of the Holy Ghost, we must be interactive with the Holy Spirit. Just walking around, being saved, even coming to church, sitting in a pew, even, you know, loving God even. And uh, that will not keep us filled with the Spirit. But interacting with the Holy Spirit will keep us filled with the Holy Spirit. So, and then he tells us some ways in, in, in there to interact with the Holy Spirit. And that is uh, to speaking to ourselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody, in our hearts to the Lord. And so interacting with the Holy Spirit by singing. Uh, do you sing at home? I hope you sing. Songs come up in my heart all the time. I believe when a song comes up in my heart that that's a song the Holy Ghost likes. I mean, I, I tend to think that the ones that... I, I, it just seems to me that when I'm praying in the Spirit and I'm fellowshipping with the Lord, if I start hear, hearing a song in my heart or thinking of a song, that, that Holy Ghost likes that song, so He wants me to sing it. And that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so talking about speaking in tongues tonight and going back over to, we'll be going back over some of those places. But um, I personally believe, and this has been my experience in my life, that after the new birth... After salvation, which we know that's the greatest gift that was ever given, is that we would be born again, that, that speaking in tongues, that gift of tongues, that gift of speaking in tongues, is the best gift that God ever gave us. And it's probably pretty underutilized in the body of Christ, even certainly underutilized to those that have never spoken tongues, but it's very underutilized even among those that uh, w that receive that infilling of the 
Holy Spirit, like in Acts 2, verse 2 through 4. So uh, I want us to, I want to encourage tonight, I want the Holy Ghost to encourage us and to stimulate us to speak in tongues more than we ever have because it's, we live in a very critical time, not only a critical time in the kingdom, there's much, much to be done and much happening in the kingdom. It's a critical time in our lives. There's, a, there's an onslaught of demonic opposition, just not just towards us here, but just across the whole world, just the whole world. And we certainly see that showing up in our nation and and uh, and you know where back just not even that many years ago or at least it doesn't seem like that many to me and Lawrence and Kathleen and pastor you know when we say the 60s that seems like yesterday because y'all don't even know what that is uh, but it was there and it was real and <laughs> it really happened it really did <laughs> Even if you weren't around, it happened. And, uh, you know, um, there was a lot of things happened that were not that good, but there was a lot of righteousness still prevailing in our nation that has been diminished. And actually, it's been diminished and diminished and diminished and diminished until you don't hardly find much righteousness. You find even among those that would be what you would call church people, Lots of compromise out there. Lots of just, um, even lots of ignorance. Really don't know God. Really don't know the Bible. Um, I don't even know what you call that. When, when you go to church, but it's really not about Jesus or whatever. So I'm not wanting to belabor that point, but you get the point that there is this onslaught of, of demonic, um, and we can see that... Uh, you know, in the late, early 70s, I guess, there started to be some demonic movies. I don't, you know, remember Rosemary's Baby came out that time. I don't even know, y'all. But anyway, some of you might have seen it on, but um, I don't think I watched it. It was too scary for me. But um, um, it started to happen, but it was few and far between. It wasn't that much. And now it's like, you can't watch TV for all the horrible commercials that I don't want to see. I know. I mean, we're always like, we record nearly everything we watch. But even then, sometimes if you just get up and go over to get a drink of water, then we're scrambling. Where's the remote? Where's the remote? <laughs> you know, because we want to get it off of something that's horrible on there. And the same with uh, YouTube ads that come on some of them are pretty horrible and so we're just being to this onslaught of demonic things and uh it has it's uh, it's weakening it's weakening the forces if we don't stay strong and we don't do something to stay built up and stay strong it will have an effect on us and i think in some cases uh of course not to every person but some cases it has so um brother hagan said this and he said, the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my walk with God came as a result of praying in tongues. I think that's pretty interesting. The greatest things that have ever happened to me in my walk with God came as a result of praying in tongues. And I think we would say he was uh, pretty fruitful and 
bore fruit in the body of Christ. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and look at some things about tongues. You know, and it may be if you already know all this, that you'll just be encouraged. And if you don't know everything that's said, well, that'll be good, too. And if if we all know it all, then we will have a CD to give to people that want to know more about tongues. First Corinthians 14, 2 says, um, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Well, this is a, a really good scripture about tongues. The first thing that we could point out is that he that speaketh in the unknown tongues speaketh not, he speaketh unto God, not unto men, but unto God. So when we speak in tongues, we are speaking to God. Make no uh, mistake about that. You're not speaking to the church. You're not speaking to one another. We're not. We're speaking to God. I think that right there makes it pretty important and uh, sets it apart. But I think that one thing we need to do based on that is be when we're speaking in tongues that we make sure that we're consciously aware that we are speaking to God. In other words, pastor's been talking about honor, and it's pretty dishonoring too. And I've, I mean, sometimes we do speak in tongues while we wash dishes or we do something like that. Uh, and that's good. That's fine. But it is important that we don't just check out and do so, and never get of our focus in that I'm speaking to God here. It's a very important thing. And I'm speaking important things because this verse says that I'm speaking to God and that I am, um, uh, in the Spirit, I am speaking mysteries. I am speaking mysteries. The Moffat translation says that I am speaking divine secrets. And I, I just not hardly anybody doesn't like a secret. Hallelujah. And you get the privilege, I get the privilege, that when we speak in tongues, we're speaking divine secrets, which lines up over here with John uh, 16, John 16, and verse 13, that says, Howbeat, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you those mysteries. He will show you those mysteries. And usually, we get a download of revelation of things to come, or of what we are supposed to do, what, after we have spent time speaking in tongues. It usually doesn't just happen... Because we're just walking through our day. We're not paying any attention to the things of God. Usually, when we set aside that time and we pray in tongues, then we will soon or sometimes during the time we're speaking in tongues, we, tongues, we actually get something. We have a revelation. We have a thought. We have an inspiration. We have something. We see something. We see a picture. Uh, have a little vision, uh, something to that effect. Usually that will come uh, with speaking in tongues. And then Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a scripture the body of Christ uses a lot. You know, even the 
body of Christ that is not filled with the Holy Ghost and in the sense that the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the sense of praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit, they like this scripture. I see it a lot. Hallelujah. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The New International Version says, uh, I know the plans that I have towards you to give you a future and a hope. I know the plans that I have towards you. Well, God knows the plans, but we need to know that. Wouldn't you like for you to know the plans? At least at least I need to know the plans to en enough to know what I need to do tomorrow and or, or what's coming up right away. I need to know plans. And so we get those things by being in the Spirit and Him showing us things to come, being in the Spirit, praying out the divine secrets, being in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and, and praying out mysteries. That's how we're going to find out things from God. So that's motivation enough right there uh, to pray in the Spirit. You know, there's really three kinds of tongues. There's what I call devotional tongues. That's your prayer language. And that's what we're talking about right here, is your prayer language. And then there's the Acts 2-4 tongues, which was different languages. This is usually missionary evangelism purposes type tongues. Hallelujah. Where those tongues where you're speaking different languages, a whole a different language, a different known language, like you might be speaking Japanese or Chinese or something like that. That's the kind of tongues where you're not speaking to God, but you're speaking to man, and it's there for missionary purposes, evangelism purposes. Hallelujah. And then uh, then there's, uh, you, in that case, you're speaking to men for God. And then there's the 1 Corinthians 12.10. Let's go there type of tongues. So three kinds of tongues in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 12.10. Uh, and this is where, let's go up in verse 6. There are, now let's go in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which worketh all in all. So he says there's gifts, there's administrations or uh, operations. The New King James. Anybody have New King James? Uh, you do? What's that say there in verse difference of ministries but the same lord and the next verse i think that's a good version there are gifts there are ministries there are activities of the holy ghost gifts ministries and activities the gifts would be like these gifts here that we're fixing to read the ministries would be like fivefold ministry gifts and then activities there's all different kinds of activities of the holy ghost and when you put these these um, three things together and you realize that there's different gifts there's different gifts, but there's different ministries, and different ministries operate differently. There's so many different ways that just one gift could operate. There's, a, there's just thousands of ways that we should not expect it to be 
well, exactly the same and fitting into a little bitty box because there's so many different. And so let's be obedient to God and let's launch out there. And, you know, I know when we first got filled with the Spirit, we uh, would go to some meetings over. We lived in Seagrace, but we'd go over in Seminole to the mausoleum and uh, <laughs> and uh, have a meeting there in the chapel of the mausoleum. And we had some guest speakers from Dallas and that woman, when she would speak in tongues, she would act it out while she spoke in tongues. She would give a message in tongues, act it out while she was speaking. And then the guy that was there in Seminole who had kind of started the church, well, he did start the church, he, uh, he would act the out. He wouldn't even watch her. Then he would act out the same motions while he interpreted it. Yeah, it was. I'm telling you what. And you know, if we'll get out of our box, God can do some things. Yeah, that's. Listen, if that was happening in '82, you know, and uh, they, uh, uh, Buddy and Pat Harrison had a real gift for tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's what I've heard. I was never, well, I actually was in a Buddy Harrison meeting, but he didn't have Pat with him, but, and it was a pastor's meeting. But uh, anyway, it was, uh, they were had a really uh, gift for these tongues. So down there in uh, verse 10, it says, uh, to another, divers kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. So even that word divers, or different kinds of tongues, should show us that there's not just one kind of tongue. And I know your tongues sounds different than my tongues. That's one way they're different. But hallelujah, we need to, there's not a limit on this. And it doesn't just have to be like we, you know, kind of um, just one way that kind of heard in the Assembly of God church the first time. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ways for these gifts to operate. So, I, so be encouraged, hallelujah, and believe with me for diverse kinds of tongues the interpretation of tongues. I don't think we have enough of tongues and interpretation of tongues in this church. Hallelujah. All uh, Several of us should be operating in those gifts. Hallelujah. That gift. And all of these gifts, but in that gift. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18 says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. So uh, Paul here, he gives us encouragement to speak in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than ye all. You can't speak in tongues too much. In fact, none of us, myself included, are speaking in tongues enough. We need to, to stir ourselves up and find ways to speak in tongues. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. And don't be afraid of tongues i'm not going to be afraid of tongues anymore we know in some verse i don't even know where it's at now but it says that they are for a sign to the unbeliever and i always think about how when we went down to we were just baptists my grandmother had gotten filled with spirit she spoke in tongues we knew she did i don't know that i'd ever heard her but um 
I might have, but I don't remember clearly that I'd ever heard her. So, um, but this man in Seagraves named Johnny Gooding, he started a afternoon meeting on Sundays at Faith. He he bought or rented? Did he rent? He rented the Eagle Theater, which was where our movie theater, and it had closed down. It was an empty building. And so he rented it, and he had what he called Faith Center. And so on Sunday afternoon at 2, he started having meetings. Well, my grandmother, you know, she had just moved to town in September, and this was like maybe November, something like that. And, you know, when you're spirit-filled, you're a bird dog for something that says something like Faith Center. It's like, you know, we used to could recognize spirit-filled churches by their names. Now that's not true because now Baptist church names their churches like like we do. And so, uh, huh. but used to, if it had so-and-so, so-and-so fellowship, it was like, Poing, all the spirit people, spirit-filled people in town would be going there, and they would jump out and they would go there. And so my grandmother, she was like a bird dog. She was on it. So she went. So she said, well, do y'all want to go with me like the next Sunday? And I said, well, I do. And my pastor, I'm I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here, but this is how it was. He said, you go ahead. And so... He says he sent me out as a missionary to check it out. And so, uh, and I think it was just the next week that he, that he caved and he went. And so uh, one of the things that happened was uh, some people spoke in tongues, but it didn't run us off. It didn't, it didn't run us off. It, it was like, we got all like, what is that? That is amazing. And hair stood up on back of pastor's neck and hallelujah. So I'm not going to be afraid anymore. And it's like, what? hey, you know, it's uh, what do you have to lose? I mean, what do we got to lose here? We might as well be bold with tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, encouragement to speak in tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And you know, I just don't see any New Testament proof or any New Testament scriptures where they said they hid out and pretended they hadn't received something and pretending they were they were just the same as all the rest of the Jews of that day. No, after Acts 2, 2 through 4, they were out in the streets of Jerusalem and it was such a party that they thought they were drunk and Peter said God had to get up and say these are not drunk as ye suppose but this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel I think that one of the reasons that the church is is losing the war on righteousness is because we have quit being who we are quit being bold we sent you know, we sent tongues to the back room in most churches and said, well, we're going to do that on, in what do they call them, home groups. If the people that are spirit-filled want to speak in tongues, they can do that in home groups. And we're not going to have that on Sunday morning anymore. Well, the first thing you do is, uh, when you don't have it on Sunday morning anymore, is, um, well... And you then any because we want just anybody and everybody to feel welcome. Well, then what happens is you begin to get anybody and everybody, and uh, 
when you get anybody and everybody, there's more of anybody and everybody than there is of you who is spirit-filled, even if the pastor is spirit-filled, and it begins to be more diluted and more diluted and more diluted until there's absolutely no power, there's absolutely no... uh, I would be bored to the bone, you know, so... um, Hallelujah. Let's be, you know what the Lord showed me is that if we want to survive and we want to thrive in Tuscaloosa, River Church has to be not relevant to people, but relevant to Him. God will support this thing supernaturally as long as we are relevant to Him. In other words, as long as we stay relevant and important to God. And, and there's only two things I look at it, well, maybe three. Three things that we can do in this church to be relevant to God. Because listen, they can worship better than we can. They're singing the very same songs we're singing everywhere in town. They're lifting their hands even. Even in some of the places that didn't you lose to lift their hands. Now they lift their hands. Now there's three things we can do. And one of them is be relevant in prayer. If we are relevant in prayer and we are doing what God tells us to do in prayer and we're praying, in other words, God depends on us to pray for this city to get done what He wants done in this city, He'll support this thing supernaturally. It won't be about how, how many's coming. The second thing we can do to stay relevant is that we need to be a church of, of healing and deliverance. Because that is relevant to God. That is important to God. He needs us to do it. Hallelujah. I bet you I'd venture to say that there, I don't know if you could get deliverance in, I don't know where in town you'd go if you needed deliverance. Now you might could go and get somebody to pray for your healing. I'm sure you could. But listen, taking a course on deliverance now, so this is not something... One-third of all Jesus' healing miracles, ministry, ministry, healing miracles involve deliverance. One-third. And, you know, no longer is deliverance something that's just needed in third-world countries because of all the occult that we have brought into our nation. And they, we have let a lot of occult and, and, and stuff in in the churches let it in it's even in the churches in some cases and uh then uh, there are many many christians uh that need deliverance themselves okay we won't go into that so because we're talking about tongues but we have to stay relevant and tongues tongues is one of the ways we stay relevant hallelujah that's important first corinthians fourteen four. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Well, edifying the church is good, but that word edify means to build up. He that uh, edif- it means to build up. It means to charge up. So if you speak in tongues, you build up yourself. You charge up yourself. You know, when I was, uh, I don't remember much about tongues from when I was in the Baptist church all those years ago. But I do remember one time in Sunday school, because, you know, like I said, Sunday, the quarterlies, or sometime I said this, the quarterlies, the, the literature, 
they skip those verses. They just don't address those verses. But if it does come up in Sunday school, this was put in a bad light. In other words, well, you wouldn't want to speak in tongues and edify yourself. Like, you know, I'm edifying my, yourself. You're, you're puffed up. If you, you're going to get puffed up, you wouldn't want to do that. No, because I remember also being told that being uh, humble meant telling the Lord that you were unworthy. Uh, so you wanted to be unworthy, and you sure didn't want to edify. But it's a good thing to build up yourself. It's a good thing to charge up on the Holy Ghost, to get built up and charged up. Uh, can you hand me the Amplified Bible, someone? I want to read, I, I kind of want to read this next verse out of the Amplified. Thank you. First Corinthians fourteen fourteen. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Hallelujah. So when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit is praying apart from my mind, which is a very, very good thing. He says... Um, he toes on there and talks about in uh, that how your mind, he says, uh, Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. So it's good to do both, but hallelujah, we need to pray apart from our mind a good portion of the time. Because um, when I'm praying with my mind, my prayers are, guess what? Mental prayers. And mental prayers, you know, are, if it, at best we could say they're limited. But they're also, mental prayers are subject to anything that we are thinking wrong or believing wrong or don't have full understanding of. Maybe we're praying for our children and... Uh, we don't really even understand the situation. You know, maybe we're trying to to get something to happen in our children's life, but what they really need is deliverance. And so, but our mind never even goes there, so our it's an unfruitful prayer because we're not even praying for what really needs to happen. Um, also, when we pray with our mind, there's no doubt our emotions are involved. We get emotionally involved, and we're going to pray emotional prayers. And it, not all the time is an emotional prayer a good thing. Um, and then if we pray with mental prayers, no matter if we prayed the perfect prayer, if we knew exactly what to pray, and we prayed the perfect prayer with our understanding, you can still only go so far. I've heard more people say, and I think I heard Joyce Meyer say this once, that, um, and I've heard other people say it, that, you know, before they prayed in tongues, they would get down to pray, and they would pray around the whole world, name everybody they could think of, every need they could think of, pray for the government and everything else, and they would look at the clock, 
And five minutes had passed. And they had committed to pray, you know, an hour or 30 minutes or whatever. Hallelujah. So First um, Corinthians there, 14. Uh, where am I at? First, I want to go back up to... Uh, let me see if I... Let me read this in the the King James. See if I... For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. That little phrase there, pray with the Spirit. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. Well, we know we're supposed to, we're supposed to pray all prayers uh, with the Spirit, because Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, and I laughed. I was thinking about what Brother Hagin used to say. He used to say um, that in his day among preachers that they would explain this pray in the Spirit verse by put a little extra spizzerinctum into it. Put a little extra spizzerinctum. Now I know most people don't even know what the word spizzerinctum is, but it would be, you know, put a little oomph in it. Put a little extra spizzerinctum that that is praying in the Spirit. Well, I'm not against putting some oomph in it because Ephesians says we're to pray fervently. No, James says we're to pray fervently. The fervent effectual prayer. Hallelujah. But that's not what it's talking about. But we're to pray in the Spirit. I think tongues is a blessing. Turn to June, June 20 and, and we're just going to be winding down here. Jude chapter 20. Hallelujah. So I want to, I, I'm just giving you these scriptures, and I want these scriptures to speak to you to uh, um, not just put a little extra spizzerinctum into your praying, but let's get to praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Jude 20 lines up with 1 Corinthians 14, 4 that we read about it to edify and to charge up. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So he puts it a different way. He merely, he nearly makes it sound like he's commanding us or telling us to do that. Ye, beloved, do this. Build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. I think we all need a building up right now. I've just noticed that we all need a building up. I don't know. There's a lot of things. Some of it's the... Um, it's We've let some things slip. We've let some things slide. Um, we've been un we've gotten a little less focused, maybe that we were as one time. We've gotten a little maybe it's got maybe even some have gotten a little discouraged. Maybe some of you the heat can just take something out of you, especially physically, and even you know the physical can affect the emotional certainly. And you know it's just like if we don't see some cool weather. Somebody's going to get hurt. <sighs> Hallelujah. Something's going to hurt. I'm fixing to, I, I am mad at James Spann. He, just, we, you cannot trust the man. Hallelujah. He, the tornadoes, and you know, all of it is like he promised cool air. It missed us, though, I think, because I heard somebody online say that they had had less humidity in Georgia. So I think it slid over one state or something and that cool no humidity air but anyway we need some things but we can keep ourselves built up through things like that through heat through uh 
attacks of the devil. You know, if we won't let up and if we won't give up, you know, there's such a temptation now amongst the body of Christ to give up and to let up and to just say, what's the use? To, to get to thinking the devil's, hey, the, de the lies of the devil are just pouring towards our minds every day of you're not relevant. You're not, but hallelujah. We got to start, we may have to sing some songs that we don't have on a, Overhead, I've been walking around singing, I got the victory. I'm, victory is mine. Victory is mine. You know, we used to, we, the, the body of Christ is going through a worship thing right now. And, uh, but some of our songs used to kind of get us back to a faith place. So sing them to yourselves. The Bible says sing to, speaking to yourselves, singing to yourself. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I've got uh, uh, victory is mine. Victory always is mine. Hallelujah. I abide in him and his word abides in me. Victory always is mine. Hallelujah. Listen, if us Holy Ghost wrote a song, it don't ever go out of style. Hallelujah. You know, people can think it does. People can think it does. And people can think, well, it's got to be a certain... Uh, and I realize that the tunes are because of keyboards and synthesizers. And we can make things sound all sorts of ways now. That used to, it was just plunking it out on a piano and acoustical guitar. And it... It sounded very, very simple. But, you know, did the Holy Ghost write the song? And so uh, <clears throat> so don't be surprised if I get up here, and, or if I tell Pam to. <laughs> She's a good singer. And she, but if I get up here and I sing, Victory, Victory, what is it, the song? I, well, we sing that, but what's that other one? What did I just say? Um, Victory is mine. Victory always is mine. Hallelujah. That one. Yeah. I may sing it. I may just get up and bust out in it. Because I got I to gotta do something to stir up the victory. One thing I'm doing is speaking in tongues more. More than I was. And uh, so, uh, building up myself on my most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Because my spiritual battery can be run down. Um Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to close with one last verse, Hebrews 11:6. You know it. But I was just drawn to tie these praying in tongues together with Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we pray in tongues, Jesus rewards us. There's a reward. There's a reward. And we're going to, we need to be conscious of the reward. You know, there's the, there's the gold, silver, and precious stones, and there's wood, hay, and stubble. And we're preparing. There's not that long left. And when we get on the other side, all that reward we're going to be way proud of. We're going to be way thrilled with. And plus, I believe you get some reward even on this side. That he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And another thing that God spoke to my heart just at the end while I was typing this in is, why 
this great gift that God has given us, tongues. We're so privileged. There's whole bunches of Christians in town that hadn't even, don't even know about tongues. That would have probably been me as a Baptist. I just didn't know that much about it. I remember uh, hearing about uh, the charismatic renewal back when I was a Baptist, and, and I remember asking somebody, well, what is it? And they were like, well, I don't know. But And I'm like, we didn't know. And then there's a whole group that are cessationists, and that passed away. Hallelujah, thank God that you got in the crowd that got filled with the Holy Ghost. You got a great gift to speak in tongues. Let's don't neglect so great a salvation as we have received. Let's don't neglect it. Let's speak in tongues. Let's do that just for a second. Hallelujah.